Owning a photography business isn't always as glamorous as it seems on social media. Behind the smoke screen of those little squares, there's likely a tired, hardworking, overwhelmed photographer trying their best to create art that is true to who they are as an artist and an art that tells the story of the clients that they care about so much. They're trying to do this in between taking care of their own family, writing contracts, returning emails, client calls, scouting locations, editing photos, dressing clients, taking care of their own mental and physical health, and the list goes on. I don't know about you, but I've been that photographer that I just described almost all the time, actually. But yet I still love my job and love what I do because I am an artist at heart. And so are you. In the hustle and overwhelm of fall season, of busy season, we sometimes forget that we are artists, that this is why we chose the profession we did, because we want to create art. We let ourselves act just as the business owner, and we're left unfulfilled, burnt out, and uninspired. So let's chat about how we can change that narrative as we head into busy season this year so all of us can feel powerful, confident, in control, and ready to create art that we truly love. Welcome to the Fill Your Frame podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Golding. I was a young mama and full-time teacher when I first picked up my camera and started down the path of creating a highly successful and sought-after photography business. I managed to turn that side hustle into a full-time job that sustains a balanced life where I can give more to my five littles at home. After building this business for the last 10 years, I want to invite you into a space where you can take a peek behind the scenes of my camera-ready life. Join in weekly where I will open up discussions with other creative artists turned business pros as we share real life strategies, stories, and action steps for you to turn your passion into profits. Lean in because we're about to get the show started. Remember, you can subscribe to today's show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Audible. I'm excited to bring you today's episode about the importance of being an artist before a business owner. And I have my special guest and my friend, Naomi Hopkins, with us. Naomi is a well-known family and portrait photographer in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's especially known for her fun personality, her unlimited knowledge about all things business, and her willingness to always help others. She coaches other photographers to help them grow their business and make more money. And she also hosts several workshops throughout the year to bring women together so they can better their craft and make lifelong connections with others. And I'm so excited to have her on today to chat with me about why we need to be an artist first, what boundaries look like in relation to our business, and how we all can avoid burnout to the best of our ability, right? But especially as we head into this busy season coming up. So I want to welcome Naomi to the show. Hi, Naomi. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to have you and I'm really excited to talk about this. This was actually inspired by some posts Naomi did recently on her Instagram and I just really resonated with everything she was sharing. And so her and I were connecting about our episode and I just messaged her and said, hey, can we actually chat about this instead? So I'm so excited to talk about this today. I think it's such a great topic. What inspired you to kind of post that just yesterday? What what were your thoughts on that? So I specialize in teaching business mentorships and I've had several kind of in the last two weeks and I was already sensing so many people feeling kind of burnout, which if you are a photographer, you know that we're heading into kind of our busy season and you see so many Mm -hmm. photographers just get so frustrated and so exhausted and a lot of them lose their passion during these months. And so I was talking with one of them kind of, she was like, I just need help. What are some tangible things that I can do? Like, I want to set myself up for success this busy season. I don't want to do this. And so it really 
just kind of sparked something of like, there's so much freedom in being an artist. And I think that we forget that, especially this time of year. And I just couldn't, I couldn't help but be like, okay, like everyone, we need to all get on the same page and remember like why we became this business owner, why we became photographers, like go back to the basics, go back to the heart of it. Yeah. I love that. I I resonate with that because I'm feeling a little bit of like burnout and overwhelm just because I feel like this summer was busy. This year has been so much busier than normal, even leading up to the fall season. And I'm just looking at my calendar, like, holy cow, how am I going to do and all so this? many people have said that I've had so many people that are like, oh my gosh, this year has been so much crazier than any other years. Yeah. Possibly because of the pandemic I'm assuming or what have you, but it's just been a lot for a lot of people. So I'm so excited to chat about this today because I think it will be such a good listen for so many people as we head into the busy season to kind of just reset themselves and remember why we do what we do. Right. So when you say, I loved the term when you were talking about, like, just remember to be an artist before a business owner. So what do you mean by that? Like, what does that mean to you? Well, I'm not going to lie. It kind of pains me to say that because obviously business is my specialty. That's kind of my bread and butter, but I think what people so often forget, and I like to call it the fad diet mentality. We kind of get that as business owners. We get this like extreme, I have to be the best at everything. Like, And we kind of switch our mindset to trying to go 100% at everything. So we're wanting to do that 100% a marketing guru. Yes. We're trying to be 100% an SEO, 100% graphic designer. We're trying to be 100% an accountant and a artist and a photographer <laughs> and lighting. And then like when you really break down all of the things it takes to own a photography business, yes. you can't be 100% of all of them all the time. And so that was kind of really a huge thing of like, you get burnt out. And so I really think that it's so important to go back to what made you an artist in the first place? Because I think one of the best things of being your own business owner is that you get to have that freedom to say, what does this look like for me? And Mm -hmm. you have to still date your business. You have to be in a position where you're always falling in love with your art. And when you start pulling up to sessions and just have that, like, oh, let's get this over with. Like, I know for me, I would be devastated if I had a photographer take my family photos and capture those precious memories for me and my children and my husband that didn't want to be there. Like I would rather reschedule to be honest. And for sure. Right. And like, you know, I mean, that's, it's, I think that it's easy for us to forget how magical and how stressful and how crazy it is to be on the other side, but also like what the weight of those moments are. And so I think it's so important as an artist to not let the business become such a part that we lose the part that made us a business owner. Like that has to come first. Just like when you're a mom and kids, your, your marriage has to come first and that's how you become a better mom. And, and, and all of that, like it, it's the puzzle piece that puts everything together and going back and really saying, how can I stay inspired as an artist? How can I push myself out of my comfort zone, try new things and, and not just do the same thing over and over. Cause especially during fall seasons, I mean, I'm sure you feel this way too. It's so easy to be like, I think I've done the same session 10 times. Like <laughs> we start on the blanket then we do this one. Then we go over here. Yeah. And it's oh. like you get in the car and it's like groundhog day over and over. And oh my gosh, yes. such an awful way to run your business for your families, but also for yourself. 
Well, right. Because I think what I loved also, I love all of what you just said. And I think I love that you said Groundhog Day because I say that all the time. But I think one of the things you mentioned also when I was listening to your stories was, you know, most of us, and I know you and I have talked about this before, we go into the the business of photography for the art artistic side. We're not going into it for the business side. And so I think when we lose sight of that artistic side of us, that kind of spark, what really ignites us, what motivates us, what inspires us gets lost. And so then we are left with just the business side, which can be kind of like a well-oiled machine in the sense of let's do the same pose, same location, same thing. And, you know, I love how you mentioned the families coming into that, you know, like they're putting so much time, money, effort into, you know, doing this session with us and they chose us because they love our art. And so it's part of our job to bring all of that artistic energy to the session to help make it as special as it can be for them. Yeah. But it can be a challenge. I mean, I, I know, I don't know how many sessions you shoot during the week or, or, you know, per week or per month during busy season, but I know that you have to really hone into your craft and your art to show up at each session saying like, okay, what can I create now that's different than something else or different from my session yesterday? Because otherwise you are going to fall into those patterns of the same things over and over again. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And I think that that's always a big reality check for me is I want every session to feel different because every family is going to be different. Every couple, every maternity, whatever, whatever type of sessions you're shooting, if you're truly shooting, especially as an emotive photographer, a, a storytelling lifestyle, whatever word you prefer, <laughs> there's there's like a million of them, but you know what I mean. When you're really doing that from the heart of capturing them and not capturing for yourself, to mm-hmm. me, that's a huge thing that keeps me inspired because I can't compare that. I can't, I can't recreate someone's special moment and their right. memories and something that they do. Like I had a family recently and they lock pinkies when they hold hands. They don't like hold their actual hands together. They lock their pinkies together. And so the mom had kind of mentioned during our consult call that she has a special way of holding hands. And so I grabbed a little girl at the very end of the session. I was like, will you hold your mom's hand? Like, will you show me your special way you hold hands? And she, I I gave her the gallery and that obviously that photo was in there. And the girl just called me just like, absolutely bawling. And she's like, I saw that photo and I had never really thought about it as a little girl. I always remember thinking when I held my mom's hand like that, I can't wait till I'm a mom and I can hold my daughter's hands like that. And then she's like, so then I sent it to my mom and my mom had the same reaction. Like, oh my gosh, my mom used, and she's like, I didn't even know that my grandmother held my mom's hand like that. So this has been something for generations we've done. And I, it was not even something that ever registered. It was just something I do every day with my kids and something about seeing that photo. She's like, it is one of the most powerful, incredible photos I think I'll ever have. And I I could go and make another family hold their pinkies together, but it wouldn't mean anything to them. And like out of that whole gallery still to the day, that's my favorite photo because I just instantly was like, oh my gosh, how special that she'll get to have this. And like, look at this with her daughter's hand so little next to hers. And I think that that's like a huge thing too, is like when you're really shooting for that family and not shooting for yourself or whatever's trending on Instagram or whatever's on, you know, a prompt site or a posing or whatever it is, and really shooting for that family, it really causes you to be so attentive to those details and so intentional with your shooting and your posing and helps with that monotony big time. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. I literally had the chills when you were saying that, telling that story, but I love that because I think too, if we look at it, you know, you had done the work beforehand, you had had a call with the mom, you remembered, you know, you took note of special things for that family. And I think that's an important piece too, because if we go into each session, looking at it as a unique, special session, and we do the front loading work, we do all those things, like it will be a brand new experience each time for us. And we're much less likely to get stuck in the hamster wheel, you know? And I love that because if you hadn't put that extra time and effort, she wouldn't have that photo. You know what I'm saying? I I would have never known that. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that I've done on sessions, I've been like, this is probably the most ridiculous looking thing, but (laughs) this is what their family looks like on Saturday night. This is, this is those moments that make their family, their family. And that should be different for each person. That means that I'm doing my job right. And, you know, that's a huge thing for me, especially kind of within the family photography and, and prompting and posing and doing a little bit more of that lifestyle is really having the freedom to be able to curate it for my family and not just feeling like I'm going off a prompt list. Yes. I love that so much. So uh, in that same Avenue, like I think as photographers, you know, I love what you said in your thing. You said, stay in love with our art or we will fail as a business. And for Mm -hmm. me, that's such a profound quote because I think that, you know, as we, if we fall out of love with our art and we don't bring that artistic element, that spark, that joy, the love for what we do into our sessions, like our clients are going to feel that lack of energy. Yeah. And, And, you know, we will fail as a business because we won't have we won't, our clients won't feel that energy. They won't feel that joy, the love. We won't over deliver for our clients. We won't make their experiences special. Can you just kind of speak on that? What you meant when you said that? So, and I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I I think that so much of this sounds so cheesy, but no, there's there's only one you, there's only one person who has the perspective that you have or the perspective that I have. And I think that as much as social media is such an incredible tool, I think that with so many artists, it gives us too much access to feel like we need to be doing something else. And that's the reason that maybe we're not thriving as much as we want to. And so then what happens is our art becomes a watered down version of who you are, of who you were created to be as an artist, of what your voice was, of what your calling is, of what your passion is. And like, I think when we can step back and say, how is this truly how I see this moment? How can I bring what I'm seeing to life, but make it even more magical and, and breathe back into who you are as an artist. And remember that even though you are capturing those memories, you're doing it in a perspective that literally only you have, no one else can take the same photo as you. You could put somebody in the exact same pose with the exact same clothes, and it's still going to look different because it's how you interpret that. I think it's so easy to kind of like lose sight of that, especially with social media. I think it's, you get so many opinions and voices and what's trending and what's not trending and what's working for people and who's probably making a lot of money and who's not. And that's kind of what we base our art on. And when you do that, it becomes someone else's version and and you're losing a piece of you. And so I think that's when sometimes you have to have different boundaries with social media. You have to find different ways to be inspired, whether that's shooting something out of the normal for you or doing a session that's just for your heart or something that pushes you to get back to say, okay, who is Naomi as a photographer? Who's Jillian as a photographer? And, and pulling back to that, going back to who you were before you had this big business. What is it that made you fall in love with this? Because you can't, you can't stay in love with something if you're just going to constantly compare it and struggle and do things like that. 
Yeah, no, I, I resonate with that so much. I, you know, I think that part of that is, you know, I love how you said date your business. Right. And I was thinking, okay, what did she mean by that? And then I thought like, okay, so that means like, you know, when you're dating, you're kind of showing your best self, right? Like yeah. you're putting your time, your effort, your energy into that relationship. And you're seeing the positive things. You're focusing more on the positive things than you are on the things that bother you. Right. That's just the nature of dating. Yeah. And I feel like we all need to do that with our business too. It's like, we need to focus on all of the positive things that, you know, can come out of it and the things that we're able to do and put that time, the effort and the positive energy into it. Cause it's really like a living, breathing thing. It's our business. It's, you know, what sustains us. And we're able to have such an amazing impact and create these memories for people. And they're trusting us with that. So yeah. I think sometimes it's easy, especially during busy season to kind of just go through the motions a little bit sometimes and you're editing and you're feeling like you're editing the same session over and yeah. over. And I'll be honest, I've been there at times when I've done many yeah. sessions with other things. And I feel like, oh man, I, I can look back and think, when am I the most fulfilled and when are my clients the happiest? And that's hundred percent when I'm putting my creative energy, I'm putting my time, my effort into making that experience special for that client. And then when I do that, we are all happier as a result of that. Well, and I think we stay more excited throughout the session too. And like, again, I think it goes back to like, you should be excited when you get there. You should get that when you take your photos. Like when people are always like, well, I don't know what to shoot or what my style is. I'm like, what photos make you feel giddy? Like when you look at that, you get that feeling like, oh my gosh, I took that. Like just in the same way. I know with my husband, sometimes I'll just look at him and he'll do something. I'll be like, I cannot believe that's my husband. Like how the (laughs) heck did that happen? Like what? And 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 I kind of want that. I, I want to make sure that I'm in a position that I'm feeling that way with my photos too, with my work, with my art, with my styling, whatever that is. Yeah. That I'm in a position that when I'm looking at galleries, I'm not like, okay, let me cool. But I have that excitement. I have that giddiness and, and making sure that I'm being intentional as an artist to go back to those places of how can I stay in that realm? What can I do to create that environment where... I'm trying new things that I'm feeling excited that I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yes. And I think that's such an important part is continuing to push ourselves in a creative way, because I know when I try new things, like I'm sure there's some brain science behind this that I don't know, but you know, I think as we try new things and push ourselves out of the box and create new experiences for ourselves, I, I just feel like it's inspiring to me. Like Mm -hmm. it really just fuels my energy. You know, that high you feel like after you leave a shoot where you're like, that was amazing. Like I, I nailed it. Or like we had said, that was so much fun, whatever your thoughts are, but like you leave and you're just like on cloud nine. Cause you know, it was awesome. Right. Yeah. And that's how I like, hopefully we all feel after all of our sessions, I know there's going to be some that maybe aren't that way, but that should be our goal. Right. Like feeling that way. But I also love, I want to touch on what you said before about social media. So I feel like one of the best parts, and you mentioned this in your stories that you said, like one of the best parts of our photography business or owning our own business is the ability we have to make our own decisions. And, mm-hmm. you know, from my perspective, I always feel like it's so easy now with social media. And I know you mentioned this a little bit before, but like to lose sight of what it really means to like choose what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we're all so busy looking and comparing and analyzing what everyone else is doing. And then we think, okay, the mass is like that. That's what we should do. And we don't, we lose that trust in ourselves to just make the decision that are right for us. Does that make sense? And so yeah. I've gone through that where I'm like, oh, well, that person's doing that or they shoot it that way. That's what everyone likes on social media. Should I do that? Instead of being like, no, Jillian, like, 
block all that out, hone in on what I do the best, how I can serve the best and just go with that instead of what everyone else is doing. Have you felt that? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And, and I think too, I kind of mentioned this on my stories the other day and I was like, you know, I, I feel like there's so much pressure to have a, a niche, a niche, mm-hmm. tomato, tomato, uh, <laughs> whatever, uh, you know, someone's going to be like, that's not how you say it. So I like to, I like to cover all the bases and be like, I already know what you're thinking. Calm down. I got you girl or boy, <laughs> everyone's included. But I think that for me, there was a huge pressure for a while that I really struggled with of like, okay, well, if you're really, a, if you've made it, if you're a photographer that is like a high level, top of the top, successful photographer, you only shoot one thing. You just shoot weddings. You just shoot couples. You only shoot families. You only, whatever it is, motherhood. And obviously we have different things that make us passionate. And that just never fit for me, but it also doesn't fit for me in real. That's not how I am in real life either. Like even with my clothes or my style, like I love variety. I like I would much rather have 10 appetizers than one meal. Like I like options. I I like doing different things and that reflects who I am. And some people like my husband could eat spaghetti every night for the rest of his life and not bat an eye. And third (laughs) night in, I'd be like, I would literally rather just go to bed hungry. Like I'm not. (laughs) I'm only laughing because I'm your husband. And oh my gosh, I cannot. I'm like, I need a new option. Can we make this into a different meal? Like there has to be another option. No, totally. I get it. And I think for some people, it works really well to have like a super specific, this is what I love doing. And this is what my heart, but I also think that there should be freedom on the other end of like, and kind of going back to a little bit more of the business side. There's also so many great things of being in a position where you love shooting a lot of different things, which I'm not saying like, you don't have to, again, you can't be hundred percent at everything. You have to kind of bring it down to some point. However, it's okay to play. It's okay to try new things. Again, just like we're dating, we're, we're seeing what we love and we might love this first season and offer it. And then later on, we might grow out of that. And that's also okay. That doesn't make you less of a business owner. It doesn't make you less sure. successful or, you know, they're better because they only shoot family photography and you're over here hustling and still doing, you know, maybe doing branding or working with bloggers or doing weddings, or you love doing newborns or whatever it is like yeah. there's freedom for that too. And I think that there is a little bit of pressure in our industry to be like, you are not successful. If you are, you're still like a baby photographer who, do, who doesn't know who they are. If you can't just only be doing one to two things. Yeah, no, that's so funny. I love that you said baby photographer, because I do feel that a little bit. Cause I feel like the messages a lot of times, you know, shoot all different things at the beginning to figure out what your niche is, what your specialty is. And then like, you know, narrow it down to one or two things. And that's how you'll be successful. And I think that's part of where like, just thinking for yourself comes in, right? Like we can make our businesses successful if we put in the time, energy, effort, and are willing to work for it. It's not a matter of the special recipe that somebody else has. You know, I think there's no one way to do anything in life. I think everyone can do everything the way that they want to do it and get the results they want if they're willing to work hard for it. So I, I totally agree with you. And I just, yeah, I love that you said baby photographer. That's yeah. so funny. Well, and it's just like that stigma. You're like, well, I don't want people to like, look at me and be like, oh, this poor girl's like a broke starving artist and no one will hire her. So she has, she's like over here, you know, shooting, like I shot bloggers for, for a really long time. I worked with the majority of the bloggers in Atlanta yeah. and I loved it. And 
I recently adopted. And once I became a mom of two and really, you know, I had to kind of pick between doing that or doing more of the education side of photography and, you know, but I love it. And I still will do it time to time because it, it, it challenges me so much. It allows a creativity that I don't get in family sessions or couple sessions. I have to really think outside of the box. And mm-hmm. you know, I've literally gone to blogger sessions where they've been like, okay, I have this, I have a shampoo bottle and I want to somehow use this slinky in the shower <laughs> and have this crazy. Yeah. And, and, but you do, and I would do it every time. Yeah. I it, Like, I don't know how we just pulled that off, but we just, uh, you know, did a good brain deal with anthropology and a slinky in the bath in the shower with some soap. So I love that. Well, and who knows, you might go back to that once your kids are in school full-time or, you know, I just, I feel like we don't need to put ourselves in a box, you know, just being having whatever sparks your creativity is what we should do. Right. I mean, that's just how I feel. Okay. And so let's talk about like business things since this is also your specialty, but like say someone's listening and you know, they're feeling burnt out right now, but they want to fall like in love with their artistry again. And they want to go into like the busy season with a fresh set of eyes and love what they do. Like, are there a few things that you could maybe suggest to help get them out of their funk and like, just kind of have a fresh start as they approach busy season? So uh, that, so this is, I'm, I'm going to explain for just a second. Cause at first, oh, so, so there are, to me, there are two kinds of model calls. And so there's a creative model call, which would, what is one of the things that would be great in this. Mm-hmm. And then there's also marketing model calls. So I kind of break it up when I teach business kind of, so that you understand that there is a different purpose for each. And right. so normally once I'm going towards this, I kind of will tend to go more towards a marketing model call versus a creative one, because I, can still have the same creative control, but then it's also, there is intention behind it. I am hopefully getting some marketing and referrals and leads off of this, but that's when I would really look and say, okay, what's something I haven't done? What's something I've always wanted to do? Like I know this past spring, I was like, I'm over shooting in fields all the time. I live in a beautiful city. I love Mm -hmm. shooting more urban locations. I love parking decks. I love things that are outside of the box. Like I hosted a retreat at the beginning of this month and literally one of our styled shoots we did, it was like all these like compacted cardboard boxes behind a Walmart. <laughs> I and the it. photos turned out incredible. And literally we were pulling into the parking lot and all the girls were like, what? We're li- we thought you were joking when you said we were going to the back of a Walmart. But it was beautiful and it had the most incredible texture and colors. And so that's when I'll kind of play and say, okay, what's something that I would love for my clients to do, let's say, whether it's a location or a style, or maybe it's more like you have a lifestyle and you're in their home and they're baking cookies or in their garden and, and they're, you know, picking fall vegetables and whatever it is. If you're like, this is something that I would love to do, but none of my clients ever want it. That's where I'm going to kind of, especially go into the, because then it's showing them because one of the biggest selling tools that I think you can ever give someone is FOMO. Like as cheesy as that sound is people look at like, I want that. Like I want pictures of us, you know, throwing flour and laughing in the kitchen like that. It looks so much more fun than being in a field. And I just thought we had to take pictures at sunset or, you know, I thought we had to, we could only take pictures in this location or with these type of clothes. And 
again, it's doing something that's different, but you're also kind of marketing it to, this is something that I would love to do. Right. And I would love to incorporate my clients doing more of this. Like, for example, if you're starting to do a client closet or starting to do styling or wanting to use more variety in your locations, it's a great way to stay inspired, but you're also really being able to then take that and tangibly turn it into something that's going to hopefully book you a different type of clientele because my clients that want to shoot at a parking deck in downtown Atlanta are very different than the ones who want to be in a field at sunset during golden hour. And that allows me to market to so many more people. And I love that as well, because I love being stretched and having the variety of locations and demographics and things like that. Yeah, no, I love that. And you know, what's so funny is I love when I show up to a new location and I've never shot there and I don't know anything because it's the best. Yeah, it is so like, I get that. And like, just that feeling in my like bones. I'm like, so excited. I'm super inspired. Like, let's walk around and see what, and I love clients that are okay with this too. You know, it's like, let's walk around and see what we can find. Oh my gosh, let's go over there. Now now let's go here. I see this pocket of light. And it's just so invigorating because it's just something new and fresh and different, you know? When it's forcing you out of the monotony, that's actually one of the things that I have people do in my business mentorships and workshops and stuff. I, one of their first things that they have to do is scout and find new locations and they have to find three locations because I'm like, what happens is you shoot in the same locations, you know, the everything's predictable, you know, what to go, you know, where to go, when to do it. <laughs> Yeah. And then you end up saying, okay, I'm going to start here. They're going to be standing here. The lights filtered through this street. Then I'm going to move over here. I'm going to have them sit on the blanket. <laughs> the sun's going to be just peeking over those trees, but then we're going to walk up to this area to where it's open. And then we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And totally, it's so hard. It's so hard to stay creative. And that's when I fought the 80, 20 rule. And this is something that my dad taught me, but he's like, as an artist, you always want to do 80% of your strength of what you thrive at, of your bread and butter. And then you want 20% to be something that you've never done before that could fail, that you could literally get them in that pose or do this prompt or play with lighting or do harsh lighting or backlit or whatever it is. And you could get home and the worst case is they're awful. <laughs> you only lost 20% of the photos. But in my experience, at least very, only a few times have I been like, you know what, we're just going to roll with this. And hopefully they don't remember this. Cause I'm not going to give them these photos. <laughs> right. But most of the time I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I tried that. Cause I wouldn't have thought about doing this. And again, it's, it's, it's dating the business. It's trying something new. It's, it's saying, how can I consistently stay creative and keep myself on my toes so that I don't get bored with this and get burnt out and get, you know, in that groundhog mentality. Well, and I think like, don't you usually find that the 20%, those are end up being your favorites. And a lot of yes, times are every time. favorites. every like, time, like the pinky photo, that was probably yes. more of a 20% photo, but I mean, that's the one she's probably hanging on and going to save yes. for generations, you know? Well, and I love, which I use a client closet. If you're not familiar with, I style all my clients and I tend right. to have little, things that are a little bit more over the top. And I love playing with dresses and creating movement. I was a former dancer. And so it's something that really speaks to me as an artist, because I love when there's movement in photos. I love when there's just like this, just magical flow. And so that's somewhere too, where I really love when moms will have dresses that I can kind of play. And there's been so many things that when I, I mean, it took me even a couple of tries of doing different sessions. till I got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. I really love this. 
Yeah. Well, and just the movement and things that just, I think going into each session, you know, we all kind of have a little bit of a game plan as far as how we do things, how we run our sessions. Right. And those of us that have been doing it for a long time, it's like, we can do it with our eyes closed. Oh yes. But I think there's something about coming into a session and like, this is what I teach in, in the course that I teach as well. Like coming into a session and having like a few things that you're, you haven't done in a long time, or you've never done that you want to try. Like, I know you mentioned this too. It's like, whether that be, you know, certain, certain movement or a different pose that you want to try, or just setting the scene up and letting things happen naturally, maybe in a way you wouldn't have before just letting go of control and just pushing yourself like outside of your own creative box. I just find that like us just, I love the 80, 20 rule because Mm -hmm. so many of us just do a hundred, right? Like we just do what we normally do, especially like if we're right in the thick of it, like at the middle of October, right? Like we're on our fifth session of the week and we are just like, man, I just want to get this done and go home. But I think if we just step back, you know, like approach it differently and change our mindset, shift our mindset a little bit as to like, we are happy to have this opportunity to tell these stories and how can I make this experience different than yesterday so that I will be inspired. Well, I think too, it's shifting your mindset too, because I think that it also goes back to, I think that there can sometimes be a little bit of a fear of failure of like, what if I do this and it's awful? Like, what if I do this and these people think that I am ridiculous? Like I hear that so often. They're like, well, you know, what if, what if I ask them to do that? And they're like, no, that's dumb. Like, which, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure has happened to all of us before we've had that one dad. That's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm not closing my eyes. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for this. However, like, I think that that has to be something too, where you, you kind of have to let yourself have the freedom to fail because there are going to be some things that you're going to do that are going to work, work so well. And there are going to be some things that you're just going to get in the car and call your best friend about and be like, Oh my gosh, please let me, please let me tell you about this. And that's okay. And, and that's how you grow. And that's how you make memories and, and you'll learn from it next time and you'll elevate it. And, you know, hopefully your floor becomes your ceiling and it keeps going and you make this incredibly, you know, huge masterpiece by, continuing those stepping stones instead of just staying on the bottom stair. Right. I love that you said that make your floor, your seat or your ceiling, your floor. However you said that was amazing. I use that term with my daughter all the time. I was like, I'm doing this so that my ceiling can be your floor. Like you can see this building and you can have that as your goal. Okay. Well let's switch gears just for a sec. Cause I know in, in, when you talked about all of this, you mentioned also boundaries. I know that part of getting burnt out is often a result of not setting boundaries as business owners. Like, I feel like that's not always something that's a strength of ours. Like I said, we didn't really go into this as a business minded person. We went into it as an artist. And so I know being an artist, we tend to be more emotional about things, not as, you know, hardlined as far as boundaries go, at least I'm speaking of myself. I don't know, (laughs) but what do you, how can you implement, how can we as photographers implement boundaries in our business to help prevent us from feeling this burnout? feeling. I think that if you could get tell, like if you said, Naomi, you had to talk about something for 24 hours straight, (laughs) I think it would be boundaries mainly because I used to be the biggest people pleaser. And it was funny. My daughter six and she was doing something. And I just told my husband, I was like, I just wish she would be a little bit more of a leader and less of a follower. Like I, I wish that there was some way to get that to click in her head that she doesn't have to do it just because someone else is doing it. Right. And he's like, that's funny because really until probably about four or five years ago, 
that was you. And now I don't know what happened. You just woke up and we're like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh my gosh. I love that he had that that type of reflection. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you know much about an Enneagram. I'm a two wing three and I, I've learned a lot on how to say, like, I mean, if you had told me literally five years ago that I would have some of the conversations that I'd have now or the boundaries or say no, or have, you know, the freedom to that, I would be like, yeah, I'm not, I would, I would literally throw up and cry in the shower for <laughs> hours straight. And then I would go bake them cookies and clean their house. So totally, I'm oh not doing gosh. that, but good for you. I'm, yeah, I'm, for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm breaking on hives just thinking about it type of You've thing. You've come a long way apparently. Right. <laughs> and so I think a huge thing is it's setting limits for yourself. It's, it's so there's something called time blocking. And so basically it's when you look at your schedule and you're setting realistic amounts of times that you're doing things. So that was a huge thing for me to Mm -hmm. kind of create like an attainable, this is really how long this takes. Cause I think what happens and we've all been there, we get on Instagram and we're like, okay, I'm going to go post something. And then I see you go live and I'm like, oh, let me go watch her, her live. And oh, she's doing a live with, you know, my four hens or whatever. So now an hour and a half later, I've watched her incredible live. So then I'm like, oh, let me go look at my four hens actions. And so then I'm looking at her things. So then I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I should watch YouTube videos on how to do Photoshop. Oh so then two gosh. hours later, after an, several things of Photoshop, I go back to Instagram because I'm like, oh, let me post a thing. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should post a reel instead because those are doing better <laughs> now, right? So six hours later, a husband comes home from work. and is like, what did you do all, babe? And you're like, I worked really hard at marketing. <laughs> and I, like, God, I didn't even post or do anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's no, I've done that. I've been there. I love that. Yes. And so I literally, and this is going to sound so crazy. I have timers that go off. So I have like certain times a day that I do things. And when I am done, I'm done. So I have three, five minute times that I check emails or respond to things throughout the day. Once those five, I set a timer. Once the five minutes is up, I'm not going to do that again until it's back on my timer. And I am so much more productive. Like, you know, when your house is a mess and you find out your mother-in-law is coming over. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, in five minutes, your house <laughs> went from like looking like Tasmanian devil through, through went through it to Martha Stewart's bedroom. Oh, totally. Yes. And, and because you're being, you're like, okay, I'm hyper-focused. And so when I know I have five minutes, I build that urgency within it. So then I'm not being, you know, lazy and looking at this and getting distracted. And I know, Hey, I can do this for five minutes and then I'm done for the day or I'm done until this afternoon when I do it one more time. And so kind of implementing little things like that, that was huge for me because I noticed I'd waste so much time, like even editing, I really normally, unless something crazy has happened an hour and a half to two hours is the most I'll ever edit at one sitting because I'll start noticing after around an hour and a half mark, maybe two hours, it starts taking me 10, 15 minutes for one photo that the next day I go back and I'm like, what the heck happened here? Like their eyes look like vampires. What was going on? Yeah. totally. And so I set those limits and those times, even just, just tangibly with that, it's huge. Well, I love that because I think it's so important. It's so easy for us to get so distracted. And I feel like that's just a huge boundary in itself. You know, you're not, I'm not even talking about like boundaries with other people. Like this is just setting boundaries within our own business with ourselves, as far as, you know, expectation for time. Cause I think that's one of the things so many of us could be so much more efficient with our time. 
and we feel overwhelmed and we're not getting stuff done and this, but like, if we were to go look like how much time are we scrolling on Instagram? How much time are we wasting? I think, you know, for me, I want to set boundaries in my business and I love the timer idea. I'm literally going to go on Amazon when you and I are done and order a timer because it's tangible, you know? Well, and then too, it makes you really realize how many gaps of things that you're not doing that you should be doing. So you're like, okay, well, I'm spending, I know that this is going to be mind blowing, but there are other ways to market outside of social media. So I'm like, okay, you can't just rely on Instagram and Facebook or, you know, what about your website? When was the last time you updated the images on those? What about following up with people? What about client gifts? What about, you know, all of these different things that we don't build in and we just kind of, I feel like it's easy to kind of get in this mentality of we are like, oh, we have a camera. We're good at taking photos. People are going to come knock on our door and throw hundreds to thousands of dollars at us right? And because we're their, their dream photographer. And <laughs> yes, you could work really hard and that might happen, but probably not. And so what happens is we're just doing a couple of things, but we don't really have a well-rounded business. We don't really have a well-rounded shooting, even like things like scouting or... Yeah learning different things. Like I know for me personally, I have like a different education goal each month. So when I start doing my time blinking for the month, I'll sit and say, okay. And I kind of will switch to something that I don't enjoy to like something that I, so I normally do like six months of like more like business marketing, SEO, savings, being profitable, things like that. And then sit like six of the months have more creative focused things. So whether it's, you know, trying things, different things in Photoshop or, you know, even looking at maybe how fine art photographers edit or do things or, you know, because again, I, I want to challenge myself to keep growing and keep elevating my process and what I'm doing. And so I have like a minimum of two hours a week that I'll either have a podcast or a YouTube video or a book that I'm reading that I'm kind of focusing on. And I build that in because it's even things like that, that you're like, you have to continue your education. You have to keep growing or you're just going to stay the same. Right. That's, I think when you really start looking and saying, okay, what should my schedule be? What should I be devoting my time to? You start realizing, okay, well, really all I'm doing is shooting, editing, and posting on social media. Like no wonder I'm burnt out and no wonder I can't raise my prices. I'm not thriving. I'm not, you know in the income that I'd like to be or getting the clientele that I'd like to have, well, you're not, you're not necessarily doing anything to get them and your business is going to get stagnant. Yeah. Well, and you won't feel as fulfilled. You know, I think part of such a big part of owning a business is also having boundaries and finding time for self-care and whether that be listening to your favorite podcast or, you know, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. We all have our own definition of that, but I think putting time aside for yourself and also giving back to your business in a way of like helping you level up is just going to be so fulfilling for you too. I'm a constant, like I used to be a school teacher, so I love to learn obviously and teach. And so I'm like, I'm constantly wanting to learn like different things that aren't even necessarily related to photography. Maybe their business, maybe there's something else, but I find a way to kind of, it always interweaves back together. Right. So you know, it's just important for us to do that, to help ourselves level up. And we can't do that. You're never going to have the time for that. If you're not setting boundaries. 
you know? Well, I think to another huge thing is setting business hours. Like for me, like I do not respond to any text messages on Sunday, unless I, for some reason, have a session that day and that client, but besides that, and I will, and I do it in a respectful, kind way, but I'll respond to them, you know, Monday at nine or 10 AM or whatever and say, Hey, you know, I'm so sorry. I wasn't tomorrow. Yesterday was the day that I was spending with my family. I'd love to help you with that. And I think that there are ways to do it where you're kind and gracious, but you're still kind of saying like, Hey, look, I'm not accessible all the time. And again, big emphasis on there's incredibly kind and respectful and honoring ways to your clients or your mentees, depending on where you're at or, or whatever to do that and kind of set expectations. But you also can't get upset if clients are texting you all the time or calling you at you know, 10 o'clock at night or seven in the morning or whatever. If you're responding instantly, you're setting a culture where that you you're you're allowing yourself to be accessible. So set boundaries. Like, you know, for me, Sundays I don't do that. And really after 6 p.m., I'm gonna be pretty intentional that unless it's something that's really important, I'm gonna wait until I have done all of my morning things and what I need to do. And it's my quote unquote office hours because as a business owner, I'm and you know this, I could be doing something 24 hours. I could literally yeah. never stop working ever. And that that's not healthy. And it's, what's the, what's the point of, especially being in a business where we're capturing other people's memories, where I'm putting myself in a box where I can't make memories. I can't be there for my kids. I can't go and do the things that I'm fighting for other people to have. And that comes from a lack of boundaries. It comes from a lack of being conscious of where your time is going and, and what you're putting that intent to and taking a step back and saying, this isn't worth it. And that's when I see so many photographers that leave this business to do these things because they don't have those boundaries and they get so burnt out and are like, I can't even be a mom to my kids or, you know, even I can't have girlfriends or go out on the weekends or it, it doesn't even just have to be about moms because it's right. with anything, but you have to have those boundaries. You have to have those limits and be intentional with them because it's easy to just be like, oh, let me just respond now. But it, that even goes back to the time blocking. I'm so much more thorough in knowing that I've actually completed the tasks that I need to, because I'm not just doing one thing here and one thing there. That's for me. When I drop the ball, I miss things. I'm not intentional. I think I respond to an email, but it's just sitting in my drafts or I open a text message and don't respond to it because my son started crying or I needed to get dinner off the oven or UPS dropped something off. Like, you know, I get sloppy. And so if I know this is my five minutes, that's the only time I'm doing it. And I know that I'm doing it and doing it well. Yeah. I love all of that. And I'm, I was kind of laughing to myself because I am the person you were talking about. I've I've been through stages where I've done that. And what it happens exactly, as you said, you end up dropping the ball because you are multitasking and you're not doing anything well. I'm not being a good mom by responding to this email really quick while my son needs my attention. I'm not, I'm not giving that email my full attention because I'm distracted by my son asking me to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you're, it's a no-win situation because you're, you're never going to do something well when you're just so distracted. And so having the time blocking and setting those deliberate and intentional times is a game changer because, you know, I see an email come through, I'm not going to open it. I'm going to wait until it's my time to do that. So I can give that my full attention. And now I can give my kids my full attention, you know? And a thing for me, like to tangibly help, like I literally redid the apps on my phone and on my computer, which I have it on right now. So I'm so sorry if you're dinging, I can't figure out how to turn the dinging off while I'm recording. you. So when you're hearing my emails come through, I'm so sorry. But 
for me, like on my phone, I, my phone does not get any notifications unless you're like on my favorite list. So like my husband's and my best friends and families and stuff, but like, I, I don't get anything unless I open those apps. And I have that done intentionally because then I see the email and all of a sudden I feel this obligation, like, oh, I need to respond and I need to do it now when that's not necessarily the case. And this might sound like awful customer service, but we're not brain surgeons. No one's going to die if we don't respond. Yeah, to them. yeah, no, so true. Like, and I, and I think we put these expectations on ourselves, like, oh my gosh, we have to be accessible and do it as quickly as possible. Cause that's what makes us a good business owner. And that's not, that that's an expectation you're putting on yourself. And like, if you're feeling that way, I just really urge you to like, give yourself freedom from that because you're putting yourself in a box that you're going to get so claustrophobic and just suffocate yourself and put the boundaries and say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to look at this. And at 10 AM tomorrow, when I have my five minutes, I'm going to open my emails. And then I know I've responded to the ones I need to respond to. And the ones that I don't, I'm going to leave them unread and I'll do my 10 minutes at th- or five minutes at three o'clock. Yeah. Well, and I think too, don't you, like, I think of myself, like I hundred percent respect people's boundaries and I don't expect anyone to be available for me all of the time, you know? And so if I flip that and I think most likely all my clients or 99% of them aren't going to expect that from me either. They're going to totally respect my boundaries and be 100% fine. If I return that email six hours from now versus right at this minute, when I'm trying to play Candyland with my kids, you know what I'm saying? So I think that if we flip it and we know like, okay, we're hundred percent okay with other people having boundaries, but then we don't give ourselves the grace to have boundaries. That's exactly, just, that, that doesn't add up, you know? And I've been there. I'm speaking from experience. I've been that person. And at times I find myself falling back into that. And I just have to like shake myself and wake up and reset because, you know, those are the times when I'm like feeling overwhelmed and super burnt out versus having set times, feeling really productive and feeling like I'm killing it. You know, there's a huge distinction there. Exactly. And there's just so much power in like being able to have control of your time and your business. And like, it sounds so simple and it sounds so silly to be like, oh, put a timer on. But like, (laughs) I don't know. There's just a freedom that you get with it of not feeling like you have to be on a hundred percent of the time and that you can be present when you go to brunch with your girlfriends or when you want to go work out, or if you want to go, whatever it is that you no one needs to be accessible a hundred percent of the time no, and, no and give yourself that freedom and that reality check that you're no, no one's, this is an emergency situation. Take a deep <laughs> breath. It will be fine till 10 AM tomorrow. Go yes, cook dinner, go watch a show, go watch your favorite show, put on pajamas. Like you're going to be, it's going to be okay. I promise you. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Well, and I think just knowing that we all have the power to set those boundaries. And that's one of the benefits of owning your own business. You can set those boundaries. You can make the rules. And that, you know, we forget that sometimes that we have created this business for ourselves and for our family and for our clients. Yes. But ultimately, like we get to make those decisions, no one else. And that's a powerful place to come from when you realize that and you understand that you can take ownership over that and change that today. Like I, I, I do Peloton and I love Robin Arzon. And one of the things she says is you're one decision away from like a different life, from a different, like one decision to set boundaries. That's it. Make that decision, set them. And, and it will be different from that decision on. And that's so powerful to me. I just, I love that. Okay. Well, thanks so much. We're going to go into lightning round. So I do this. I didn't even prep you on this. So I'm going to love you. I'm ready. So I just asked like five questions, just quick lightning round. Like first thing that comes. So what's your favorite lens? 
right now a 35 1.4 Canon. I am not an off-brand girl. No offense to Sigma. No, you're good. Okay. What's your favorite light to shoot in? Again, I like to switch it up. So I like, I like to be in locations where I can have as much light in different scenarios as possible because I don't like monotony. Okay. I love that. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? Uh, <laughs> that's a hard one. Well, I'm like, do I like, there are so many ways. Cause I'm like, mother Teresa would be incredible, but then also Beyonce. And then also my grandma who passed away. So we could go a lot of different ways. So I'm going to do all three because I can't choose one. I love it girl. And that's why you like variety. Okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> favorite random product you've bought on Amazon lately. Oh my God. I have an Amazon addiction. Oh God. That's a good one because I'm like an organizational psychotic person and it just brings so much joy. I love Uh, that. I got these hanging shoe, like cloth racks and I put all of my kids outfits for the week, like with shoes and socks and all of that stuff. And that is something that I strongly recommend. And then I also love a good clear bin to put food in. Like that I'm that person on TikTok that has like the obnoxious refrigerator. It's it's me and I I have no shame. I love that. I need some of the more of those. Okay, who is your biggest mentor in the photography industry or maybe in the past when you were first starting or now even? So, I I'd have to I'd have to give that one to my best friend Kay Boggs. She is located in Tampa and has mm-hmm. been my best friend for several years and she is just one of those people that she feels like light when you're around her and she just has so much joy and it's contagious. And she constantly challenges me to be better and to look at things in so many different ways and has just challenged me so much as a person and also as an artist. Oh, I love that. That's so meaningful. Thanks for sharing that. So where can listeners find you? Follow me on Instagram, boo. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your Instagram handle? It's Naomi Hopkins photo. Okay, good. And then, um, yeah, I love following Naomi. She always shares so many gems. So you for sure have to go follow You never know what you're going to get. It could be like a motivational topic. It could be what my daughter's going to school. It can be. Oh my gosh. She's killing it with her little fits. I love it. I love. No, she literally thinks that Instagram is like one of my best friends that she's never met. She thinks like Instagram is a person and she's like, can we see Instagram a video? And so every week it's turned into like this whole joke where like I'll put her on my stories or whatever. And she'd be like, is that for your friend Instagram? I'm like, yeah, girl, (laughs) she loves you. She's the cutest, cutest. Um, and all her outfits are adorable. So we're getting inspo from her. So, you know, just to sum up, I always like to do like a recap at the end of the episode. So like, if, you know, I'm just going to kind of summarize some things we've talked about. So, you know, action items for people listening to this episode, like take some time to do photography just for you, for your art, to help you feel more inspired, set boundaries within your business and your life in general, really, and stick with them. Like you'll be so happy if you did date your business. So put in time, effort, and energy into nurturing your art and finding ways to make it a priority to do that, to help yourself feel more inspired on the regular. And then go find Naomi on Instagram and follow her. That was my last action item. Um, But I want to thank you for being here today. This has been so much fun. Oh my gosh. Literally best time ever. Thank you so much for having me. 
Okay. So thank you for joining us today on the Fill Your Frame podcast with me, Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talked about by visiting the description notes on whatever device you're listening to today or by visiting jilliangolding.com. Um, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave me a review. It helps more people just like you find my podcast. So we'll chat next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Fill Your Frame podcast with Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we cover during it by visiting the description notes on whatever device you're listening on today or visiting jilliangolding.com for more information. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed the show today, please leave me a review. It helps other people like you find my podcast and just helps us get this information out to serve others. So please, please do that. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram via DM for suggestions of show topics or anything you want answered. I'd love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jillian Golding and make sure you tune into the next episode. We're going to cover all things business in photography. So see you there, friends. Bye.